listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here, and welcome to another Drinks and Deep Dives. Got my co-host in front of me, Joe Massey. Joe, how's it going? Fantastic, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Really excited to be here and uh, chat about the Denver real estate market, chat about you know what we've been up to on a couple of transactions and just get to spend a little bit of time. I haven't been here since we got the new recording studio. So thanks so much for the invitation. I really of course. It. Sorry. It took so many months when we talked. I couldn't believe it. It's been like months. Yeah. Like, it's damn. a long, long commute for me to make it over here, but I'm glad I was able to join. I mean, like, like 61 steps, maybe? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Right, roughly that. So thanks um, for finally getting me on the schedule, squeezing me in. Of course, man. I I, uh, I love having you on here. So today we're going to actually talk about Joe has some content to talk to us about. He's got a factoid for us. But we're actually going to talk about a refinance he's done with a client where he helped him take a blanket commercial loan mm-hmm. and then refinance that into uh, structuring some conventional loans, mm-hmm. pay off some debt, and increase cash flow by a couple th- a few thousand dollars a month. thousand dollars, yeah. So Joe gives the details on there and then asked Joe to bring me a, you know, the most frequently asked questions that his clients are asking from the lending side. Mm-hmm. So we'll go in that to the end. So Joe, what's our factoid today? What what has interested you in the last couple of weeks in terms of current events? Um, you know what? So this really doesn't impact me as far as my job, but I read the Wall Street Journal, read the news, all sorts of different stories, just like you do. And one that's been um, all over the news is lumber prices, right? Lumber prices are up like 400% as compared to 18 months ago. You have a shortage of sawmills, you have a shortage of raw lumber, you know, sawmills have been shut down due to COVID, all these other things that pile up. And at the same time, you've had this increasing demand for lumber because people want bigger homes, people want to do home renovations, all these things. And so you've had this um, disparity between supply and demand, which leads to increased prices. Well, actually, over the last 60 days, lumber prices have come down about 40% from their peak. At one point, lumber prices were up to $1,600 for a thousand board feet, which was a record more expensive price than ever. It's actually down now as of, I think last week, closed at like $900 for a thousand board feet. Now the two by fours, the plywood, everything you see at Home Depot is still going to be more expensive than what it might've been three or four years ago, but we are seeing that come down. We're seeing supply pick back up, um, which is going to help with uh, people re- renovating their homes, help with new builds. Um, it's just kind of really been just a short-term problem. Um, I don't think personally that prices are going to go back to pre-pandemic levels because that's not the way inflation works. Um, but it's kind of a nice little relief that we're seeing uh, for some of the home builders, some of the people that are thinking about remodeling, some of the people that are thinking about buying a new home and wondering, hey, what's going to happen with prices of construction in the future? coming down a little bit, which is, I think, a good sign. Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, that's that's needed. And I mean, prices can't go up forever, right. nor do we want them to. So that is great, especially since we have no inventory and lots of demand. Yes, that is exactly the case. So I think that's my factoid. Like I said, it's not doesn't impact the lending world, um, but just one of those things that you kind of keep up with and look at for, hey, what's the long-term trends? And it's looking positive. I love it. So let's move over into the deep dive of the show where, you know, as a bring on guest, always like to kind of figure out a a deal or transaction that you're involved in. And I gave you a brief introduction before, but for our listeners who don't know you, you know, Joe Massey, senior lender with Castle & Cook Mortgage and also a regional branch manager. Joe's done a bunch of my own loans and done some refis. He's an investor himself. So he knows, you know, the lending world. He knows uh, the investing world and just very knowledgeable because he knows how those two worlds come together. Mm -hmm. And so as we were preparing preparing for the show a couple of days ago, 
you told me you had a really interesting client where you took a commercial loan and able to dramatically help increase his cash flow. Yeah. So beyond that, give me and the audience some details on this because this was very cool and a very unique scenario which yeah. is what we often deal with. Absolutely. First off, thank you very much for the introduction. And you're right. I do a lot of different things, but what I try and focus on, what I tell everybody, I just try and keep it simple. My name is Joe Massey and I do loans. That's about it, right? But with doing loans, I get to see all sorts of different things. <laughs> you're underselling yourself there, but no, I, like to, I like I, to keep it simple. Joe, I want as little responsibility as possible. I just do loans. That's it. Um, but you know what? So we run across all sorts of different scenarios in my personal investments and in clients that you and I work with. Um, and this was a client that was referred over to us and um, older gentleman, retired, um, lives in Arizona. He actually might be watching today. I'm not sure. Um, lives in Arizona. He has his home paid off free and clear, which is right, the goal that we all want to get to. His home's paid off. Um, his wife still works just a little bit, but kind of part-time and um, called me up and he's like, hey, Joe, I've got these six properties in Pueblo and I am just not making any money in cash flow." He's like, they're just draining me every single month. And he walks me through the rents on them. And the, the property values were between 120 and like $210,000. So I don't know the public market. These are like single family rentals? Single or? family. There's like two duplexes and four single families. Okay. What's the rough like rent down there on those? Do you, do you so recall? So roughly about $1,000 a unit. Okay. Right. And so some were $850, some were $1,250, but comes out to about $1,000 a unit. Um, solid numbers, you know, from a GRM standpoint. And he walks me through it and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. You should be making plenty of money, right? And he's telling me, hey, I'm having trouble keeping up on this. And like, I see a brick wall that I'm going to run into soon where my cash reserves are, you know, he's basically taking money from his cash reserves in order to fund these properties. Oh, right. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're, you're, your cash flow should be really strong. I said, so tell me a little bit more about what's going on. Well, we get into it and he's got a blanket commercial mortgage, which for those of our viewers that are not familiar, um, a blanket mortgage is, is basically just a loan across multiple properties, right? Think of it like a blanket covering these six properties. And it's a commercial loan. So it has a higher interest rate. I think it was almost 7%. Um, and not an old loan, not something from 10 or 20 years ago, something that he got within the last three years. That seems really high for commercial in the last couple of years. Yeah. So, so don't bank with that bank then yes. uh, or left with that bank. Yeah. <laughs> um, so high interest rate, it's variable. Um, and it was on a really short term. And so what's sorry, that? sorry, pause there. So that, yeah. that was a lot of information because commercial lending is, is new to all of us. So yeah. commercial loan, you're it's a blanket loan. So you said 7% interest rate. Mm -hmm. Um, and you said a short term. So that's a short amortization. Yeah. Right? So the amortization was, I want to say either 10 years or 15 years. Okay. Um, but really for this individual's goals, older gentleman not looking to try and pay these off wants to use the cash flow to have retirement income, right? And so he's has gotten himself in the exact opposite situation that he's taking cash reserves to pay down this loan rapidly. Um, and he's actually taking money out of his own pocket to pay this down. So his cash flow is actually negative when he calls me. Which, I mean, what do you think about negative cash flow? Probably not a great Generally not a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not if you're, maybe if you're in the acquisition phase, right? Where right. I'm going to buy a couple properties. I understand I'm going to have a little bit negative cash flow, but they're going to pay down over the next 30 years. Yeah, but when I'm 67, right. I, I want stuff paid off and positive cash flow. Exactly. So we go through this problem and I sort of figure it out. I'm like, all right, you're paying way too much on this debt. Let's look at some other things. He had a few other outstanding debts, vehicle loan, um, some credit cards, and, and basically everything had been tied up with these properties. The credit cards he had been using to 
renovate these properties, fix them up, et cetera. Oh, so the debt on those were attached to their renos on the property. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So we spent some time looking at it and ultimately um, broke down. And I said, why don't we look at this? He has this one loan, credit card debt, vehicle debt. I said, why don't we split this up into individual loans on these properties, get you out of this 7% super high monthly payment and get you into more reasonable 30-year fixed rate loans. And you're talking about moving from a, a blanket commercial to individual conventional loans, which is what you do. That's exactly right. Yep, exactly right. And so we reviewed it all together. We got appraisals actually only on five of the properties because when we looked at it, we could actually pay off the debt on the vehicles, credit cards, and the commercial loan um, with equity from only five of the properties. And so we get appraisals on the five properties that we think are valued the highest based Sorry, on- Sorry, so you're like a cash out refi or, okay. That's exactly right. So can you like, can you able to share like what the what the overall loan balance was on this mm -hmm. umbrella? Or at yeah. least a ballpark? It was, I wanna say it was about 750. Okay, so I mean, we're talking three quarters million dollars. So that, that is a lot of money. Yep. And they had some additional just personal debt that was associated- 750 with... including the personal credit okay. card. It was about 700,000 commercial loan. And roughly fifty thousand of consumer debt, as I would call it, credit cards, okay, vehicle, etc. So roughly seven hundred fifty thousand um, debt outstanding, but not super positive. Seven percent variable, and I'm assuming he's probably getting close to the the floating rate. Yes, absolutely. He was right at the end of the um, adjustment period, so that's when you want to refi or sell. Yep, exactly. Okay. And so we looked at it and said, okay, we think there's enough equity in five of these properties to take cash out, pay off the commercial loan, pay off all of these other consumer debts, pay off the vehicle, and leave him with one property free and clear, leave him with his house free and clear. So personal. his personal home, his personal residence free and clear. One of these six properties free and clear, generating cash flow of $1,000 a month minus you know vacancy and repairs and taxes and insurance, of course. And then five other properties that would each have loans on them, but now all positively cash flow um, based on getting more favorable borrowing terms and spreading this debt out from you know a 10-year term out to a 30-year term. Um, and so we broke it all down and he looks at it and he says, yeah, I think this, this really makes a lot of sense. So we go through the process, get appraisals on all of them. We had to verify his income, his you know pay history, um, his retirement income rather, his bank accounts, et cetera. Well, once we closed on these transactions and we closed all five at the same time, we improved his cash flow by more than $4,000 a month. So he went from putting money in to pay down this debt- From personal reserves. From personal reserves to cash flowing and cash flowing $4,000 better than he was the day before he called us. I mean, that, that's a lot of money. If you, I mean, if you're retired, that is, I mean, that's a big chunk of your, of your living expenses right there. Yeah, right there. I mean, he went from putting money in to getting $48,000 a year net income out of these six properties. And so the moral of the story, I know we're gonna have some questions, but the moral of the story is don't forget to review your portfolio. Right. I know you have a service where one of the members on your team sits down and goes over every client's portfolio once a year. And that's a big thing that we do as well. Um, and we work together on that a lot. Yep. But we'll sit down with somebody and they're like, hey, Joe, you know, I have these four properties. I maybe want to take some cash out of this one to buy the next one. And I'll spend an hour with them. And I'm like, hey, I can certainly help you accomplish 
you know, goal A of taking cash out of this property and buying another one. But while you're here, let's look at all these other properties. Maybe there's opportunities to consolidate other debt. Maybe there's opportunities to shorten the term and keep the payment the same. Maybe there's opportunities to lower the payment and improve cash flow. And that's an important piece for any investor is review your portfolio. Um, and sometimes you're really close to it and you think, oh, my portfolio is in great shape. And then I can look at it or you can look at it or one of your team members can look at it. And within 15 minutes, we're like, hey, your portfolio screwed up because it should be generating way more cash flow. Oh, and not screwed up. We all have blind spots. Yeah, not that you've done a bad job, right? Like th that's the thing, this, this particular client, I can't criticize him. He bought six properties, like, right. great. Right, and and you know what? I'm really proud of him because he bought six properties and he got in over his head and he, he had the wherewithal to call and say, hey, you know what? I have a problem. Before I hit this brick wall, like yeah. in 120 days, he's like, hey, I got referred over. Joe, can you look at my stuff and help me fix the problem? Yes, I would love to do that before you hit the brick wall. One of the problems that I see is sometimes people have a problem in their portfolio and they call us about 90 days after they hit the brick wall. And I'm assuming from an underwriting standpoint, like once you're past due on stuff, very different than, hey, you're bleeding cash flow versus past due. Right. Past due is a pretty big problem in our world. And so I was really proud of him. You know, great guy, great client. Um, this was the first time I would had the opportunity to work with him. But he called up and said, hey, here's where I'm at. Can you look at this and help? Absolutely. And we love doing stuff like that. We want to look at it. And whether you have one property, two properties, or 10 or 50, you should be reviewing your portfolio and probably having a professional review. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be you, but somebody should be looking at it. And the one caveat I'll throw out there is if you have a financial advisor who's managing your stocks and bonds and things like that, that's unfortunately generally not the person that should be looking at your real estate portfolio. Your real estate portfolio should be reviewed by somebody who's a real estate or mortgage expert. And I love, I have my own financial advisor, my own stock guy. Um, and but they he, own that vertical. They own that. That's exactly right. So if I had a million dollars in the stock market, I want the stock market guy looking at it. If I've got a million dollars in real estate, I want the real estate guy looking mm -hmm. at it, guy or gal. Um, so I was really proud of this investor and, and really grateful to get to work with them. Um, and I think it was just a great success story. You know, an individual who's uh, in retirement, able to improve his cash flow by $48,000 a year, that's that's a pretty big impact. I mean, forty thousand dollars is a big number in my world, um, and, I, and he told me it's a big number in his world as well. And I imagine for I mean, in that he's right in that sounds like early retirement phase. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's been retired like three years. Okay, but his wife is still working she, part time. Yeah, but like part time. Yeah, really sweet person. You know, works like as the receptionist at like the local dentist office. Okay, right? like nothing fancy, but just to keep her out of the house. But fifty-ish grand a year. I mean, that you can live off of that. Like that is that is yeah. life changing. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you. So you had talked about you know we you went from you helped this client go from a commercial blanket loan mm -hmm. at around a seven percent interest rate. Mm -hmm. What was the blended rate or average rate of these five individual 30-year mortgages that you put together? All right. So it's going to be a little higher than most people are going to expect because this was refinancing multiple properties. And this is not a quote for anybody out there, right? This Give is, your disclaimer. Yeah, this is a whole disclaimer. <laughs> are you ready for this? All five of these loans, 3.375, 30-year fixed. Oh, I was expecting. The way you said that, I was expecting uh, something different than that, <laughs> right? But that's, so wait, wait, three, three point three seven five percent for a cash out refi on investment loans. Yes, that's. Not, I mean, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Now again, not everybody qualifies for that. There's a million different variables yeah. that go into that. Depends on the day. Depends on all sorts of things. But that's why you should review your portfolio. You never know when there might be a better opportunity out there. And sometimes here's the other thing. 
I'll review folks' portfolio 20% of the time. I'll sit down, spend an hour with them. I go over it and I say, you know what? You're doing exactly what you should do. Go home, rest easy, stop opening the junk mail that says, hey, you should refi to XYZ yeah. rate. Rest easy because you're in the best possible situation. And that's great too. When we have that portfolio review and somebody's in great shape, I'm like, hey, you know what? Don't do anything. Go home, make your payments, collect your cash flow, and I'll see you in a year. And that's that's a wonderful outcome as well. In this case, it, it benefited him to refinance, but sometimes it doesn't. So, I mean, dropping the interest rate, I mean, gosh, that is what, three... Cut it almost in half. Wow. Or no, mean, in half. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's huge. If you guys ever get bored, go to Google, type in amortization calculate. That is a big principal reduction right there and a big saving in interest right there. Absolutely. So we're reducing from 7% to 3.375%. Just go with 3.3. 3.3. But the 30 year fixed. 30 year fixed. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 39 right now. Mm-hmm. I know you're around the same age as me, Joe. My birthday is next week. I oh. expect a really nice present from you. Okay. Well, thank you for the heads up. Um, I mean, I can only imagine, like, I'm already very interest rate adverse. And I've got, you know, I'm 39 years old. I've got two young kids. And when I had kids, I became very adverse to long-term interest rate. I don't know why, but I did. I can only imagine myself as a retiree. I'd imagine that would increase dramatically. Mm -hmm. So numbers aside, what was his emotional reaction to this? He was thrilled. He was thrilled. Wrote us a wonderful Zillow review, wonderful Google review. Um, sent a really nice card to everybody on my team. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Nicole. Thank you guys so much. Um, you know, because it's, it is numbers. And for us, it, sometimes it can be easy to get lost that it's just numbers on a screen, right? But there's an actual person behind it. He was thrilled. So appreciative. You know, has my number saved in his phone. I've got his number saved in my phone, you know, and now he knows to call us once a year and we'll look at it. Now, the reality probably for the rest of the time that he owns these properties, I'm going to tell him, don't do anything. That's hard to beat. Right? But that's okay. That's still part of what we're going to do is I'm going to talk to him and say, hey, you know what? Let's double check your stuff. Keep making the payments, right? Let me know if you have any troubles. Um, And so it's just one of those good success stories um, that, you know, as you know, we have thousands of these, but this is just the most recent one um, that's really beneficial for for him. Um, Great to have him as a new client. And like you said, his emotional reaction $48,000 $48,000 a year in retirement, it's a big number, makes makes his life better. And that's something, you know, we've been trying to do a better job, you know, trying to figure out a way to, it's hard to quantify, say, it's easy to put in the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. hey, great, here's the numbers, but what's that do to the emotional state, you know, the emotional level? Like, there are certain things like, cool, this is what does a spreadsheet, this is what does it to me at 2 a.m. in the morning when I lay awake, I'm like, oh, what about this? Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard to quantify. Absolutely. So, all right. So, Joe, this is great. Before we move on, anything else we can talk about this? Because this sounds like a win. And one thing I really, I, you know, why I like you or refer you a lot is just because you are very knowledgeable. You're also a straight shooter. Like, hey, I'm great. You know, in doing this, I know this. I can help you with this. But sometimes, you know what? Stay on your path. Like, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Which I enjoy a lot. So, anything else you want to talk about this client, this scenario? I think the last thing that you pointed out, you said, you know, hey, I'm interest rate averse because I want to watch out for long-term cost of interest. One of the really nice things about getting a loan right now in 2020 or 2021 or last year in 2020, that 3.3% rate or 4% or two and a quarter or whatever interest rate you get, it's inflation protected, right? Right now, that is beating inflation. So think about if your payment right now, you get your payment down to $1,500 and you're going to hold that property for 20 years. 20 years from now, it's still only $1,500 a month. What do you think is going to happen to rents over the next 20 years? 
they're going to go they're going to go up, up on the front range right your largest expense of owning a property is your principal and interest payment and now is the time to lock that in and it's going to remain the same for the remaining period of time that you own the property and that's a way that's a great hedge against inflation because as inflation increases the value of your home is going to increase or the value of your property is going to increase your largest expense isn't. It's going to remain the same. So I've always been a big proponent of doing a 30-year fixed rate. Um, certainly adjustable rates are out there. Sometimes, yeah, you'll save a quarter point or half a point or whatever, but you know what? That peace of mind that you don't have to worry about it and that payment is going to stay the same, super valuable in my world. And I think it's super valuable for all of our clients as well. I totally agree. So I know I got some questions here from you that your clients, a lot of times our clients ask you before we do, Jordan asked, he said, what are you guys drinking today? Oh. So this is like, you know, takes priority, obviously. Clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, Joe, you know, so we don't get sponsored by this, but you're you're very particular to a, a particular type of vodka. So I am. You're 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 an evangelist for this vodka. Because I, I, I talked to you like, oh no, only drink this. Yeah. That's so it. we're drinking vodka and sprite. I'm drinking diet sprite. Joe's drinking regular sprite because he went on the actually exercise this morning. <laughs> so he needs some sugar. So what's this vodka you're drinking? Uh, it's called Reykja. It's from Iceland. And I uh, learned about it when I went to Iceland a couple years ago. I guess it would have been three or four years ago now. And uh, we're on the airplane and I order my normal drink, vodka and sprite. And they bring it over and of course the shooter. And I'd never seen it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. I was on Iceland Air. Open it up, drink it. It's the best stuff ever. And I could go on for like an hour about this, but I know it's not the point of the show. Um, so it's in the local liquor store and it's like three or $4 more expensive than Tito's, but worth every penny. So if you're a vodka drinker, highly encourage you to check out Reykjavik Vodka. You can get it at Davidson's or just about any liquor store in town. I feel like we should uh, get sponsored by them. I th- they probably should yeah. based on, you know, consumption quantity, but then also <laughs> referral quantity is is very high. Um, so I would love it. If Reykjavik folks, if you're out there and you're listening, give me a call. I would love to be your spokesperson. Or if you're not sure what to give Joe for his birthday, that's always a win. That's uh, always a win. Absolutely. If you want, have a present <laughs> you want to give me on a Tuesday, that would be a good present as well. All right. So, Joe, you know, as we were preparing for us a few days, we asked you, hey, what questions are clients asking you? Yeah. And you gave me three. The very first one, which is no surprise, is are we in a real estate bubble? Yeah, the answer to that is no. We are not in a bubble. Um, Everybody looks at prices and prices are going up through the roof, right? And they're like, oh, man, there has to be a crash. There's got to be a downturn. Well, you know, I went to Colorado School of Mines and 40% of my education at School of Mines was engineering, math, and science. And in physics class, there's a principle called what goes up must come down. And it's a principle of gravity, right? And it's very simple. And I did learn that in physics class. Guess what they did not talk about in my economics classes? What goes up must come down is not an economic principle, all right? So mm-hmm. the thought process is, oh my God, prices are so high, they have to come down. That is not an economic principle. And the real estate market is not driven by gravity, which is a physics principle. Um, So just because prices are up does not mean that prices are going to go down. As a matter of fact, in Denver, the last 45 years, 41 of those 45 years, prices have been at an all-time high. There's only been four years in Denver that prices have been down as compared to the prior year. So expecting prices to go down just because they're high right now is not a reasonable expectation. The prices are increasing because of supply and demand. We have too many buyers chasing too few homes. This is not a bubble. This is natural appreciation in the market. I do believe that it will slow down. And let me look at the camera. As prices are going like this, eventually they're gonna go like this. And in that interim, 
everybody's going to freak out that the market's crashing. No, it's not. It's going to go from taking off like a rocket ship to becoming a normal market. There's not going to be any reason to freak out during that period. So but, the trend line is just slowing down. down. Yeah. 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 The, eventually, the trend line is going to slow down, right? And that's going to be a good opportunity because sellers are going to think that the market's crashing, but it's not. It's just slowing down and you'll be able to find a couple of panicked sellers that'll sell at the wrong time. And buyers out there, that'll be the time to do that, which probably you're going to see some seasonality of that in September, October, and November this year. So if you've been on the fence, get ready. All right. Second question and forget your crystal ball because I know you get this probably like 10 times a day. What are interest rates going to do, Joe? They're going to change. I guarantee it. So I used to have a football coach. Uh, he always made one guarantee. He's like, I guarantee, I want to guarantee something about the weather, guys. There will be weather. I guarantee it. And same thing with interest rates. I guarantee that interest rates are going to change. Now, that's my you know off-the-cuff answer. But I will tell you, interest rates are going to increase. There are a ton of economic programs, a ton of stimulus that are keeping interest rates artificially depressed right now. As the economy gets closer to being 100% open, interest rates are going to increase. When is that going to happen? I don't know. You don't know. The chief economist at the Federal Reserve doesn't know. But what we do know is that there's a lot of room for interest rates to go up and not a lot of room for interest rates to go down. So natural economic principles, over time, interest rates are going to increase as that stimulus goes away. So interest rates will increase. um, And I think it's going to be a measured approach over time, you're not going to see all of a sudden, oh my God, we're at 8%, right? Rates will just, it's like boiling a frog, right? You're going to increment like an eight, a quarter point here. quarter, down an eighth, up a quarter. You're going to see these slow increases over time. It's not suddenly going to be interest rates are 10%. But over time, we're going to see rates get to a more balanced level, somewhere in the four to 6% range. So just don't be surprised. And that's why you should lock in long-term financing right now. All right, last question for you, Joe. Yeah. And you talked about this, you know, seasonality. Hopefully that comes back once COVID does what COVID does. Yep. Should I wait for the market to slow down? You know, I don't think so. And I'll tell you, um, one of the things that I always say is, when's the best time to buy real estate 20 years ago? When's the worst time to buy real estate tomorrow? When's the second best time to buy real estate today, right? I can't go back to 20 years ago and I know properties are going to be more expensive tomorrow, I should buy something today. Are you going to see the market slow down? Maybe. Um, But maybe we're going to go from 10 offers on a property to three offers on a property. But guess what? If that happens in six months, well, that property is going to be worth six or 8% more six months from now. So if you're serious about buying a home, you're serious about investing, um, I think right now is still a great time to buy. And I guess I'll also add, I am actively looking for properties to buy. Um, And so not only is this what I talk about, but this is what I'm doing in my own personal business is I'm actively looking for properties that are available, that are good deals. I'm not looking for great deals, good average transactions that I can buy, hold, and make money over the long term. Absolutely, I'm looking for those. So something that you know we've talked about in, in podcasts, and I know in the last couple editions of the book, I can't think of this 2021 investing guide we did. You you know you get your four bullet points, what your criteria is. And I think it was a seven percent cap rate, yep. or at least it was a couple of years ago. Yep. What's that changed to now? Uh, you know what? I will actually get out of bed and go look at like five and a half percent cap rates. Okay. So your expectations have adjusted with the market. Absolutely. Wanting a 7% cap rate is not reasonable right now because I'm not willing to invest in St. Louis, right? I like for properties to be within driving distance. So I've had to adjust my 
expectations. But what hasn't changed is my timeline, right? A five and a half percent cap rate over the next 20 years is still extraordinarily profitable, right? Now it's not as good as a 7%, but five and a half still pretty darn good. And you can become a millionaire having several of those properties and holding them for a long enough period of time. All right. So Joe, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate the information. This was an interesting, uh, analysis we went over. So thank you. Absolutely. So listeners and viewers out there, please come join us. We're doing these live every Wednesday at 12. Obviously, leave your comments, email me your questions, post on there. We love them. Joe, you're a great lender. What's a great way for people to get in touch with you and have them review, you know, have you review their portfolio? Yep. You can call me 303-809-7769. That's my direct line. If I'm doing something like this or meeting with a client, it'll roll over to one of the folks in my office. Somebody will grab it. They'll be able to help you. Um, You can email me jmassey at castlecookmortgage.com. And there's an E on the end of cook that often gets missed. Uh, So C-O-O-K-E. You can also go to my website, uh, loansbyjoemassey.com. There's a contact link. You can apply online. Um, you can also comment, of course, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I like to be pretty available to just about any way that you like to communicate. You can probably reach me. Um, love to talk about loans, love to talk about real estate, and would be happy to answer any questions and you know review your portfolio or you know chat about how we can help. And like I said, my name is Joe Massey and I do loans. That's about it. Thank you, Joe. Well, cheers. Cheers. Well, nobody. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Like I said, the studio looks great and I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you next week.